Welcome back to another episode of Podcast P presented to you by Prize Picks, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. It's your guy, PG13. Today, I got my guys again with me, Dallas Rutherford and Jackie Long. What's yeah, up, yeah. fellas? Yeah, yeah. Come on, my man. Everybody doing, man. It's good to be first, back in the building. First of all, I'm doing good. You see this outfit I got? Hey, today. that's swaggy. Look at it, y'all. Look at it, y'all. Is it a shout out? Who did okay. it? Shout out to my boy Jeff okay. from the Dina. Okay. That's from the Dina. Dina. My boy Jeff made this, especially made. Little for home me. team. Okay. I like the zippers, Jackie. Look at this. Look at this. It ain't stopping. It ain't stopping. It ain't stopping. <laughs> is that a three piece? What is that's that? A three piece, like a suit. Button yeah, up. like the the three, the three. Is that like a? And it's a button. It's like a button up, like you in a suit. It's a jacket. Jackie connected suit. to a jacket. Come on. Ah, that's bunk bunk. Come on. Yeah. No, he's so it's really a two-piece, but it's... It's a two-piece suit. It looks like... Two and a half. <laughs> two and a half piece. Two-piece sweatsuit, sweatsuit. Yeah, I like it. Shout out to my I boy like Jap hooking that up. I'm yeah. getting the Dina. You, you didn't think about getting us one of those? Well, no. I had to advertise it first <laughs> to see if y'all like it. Then y'all like it, so now I got y'all one on I want one. an ATL one. You want an ATL one? I want an ATL one. What you want? Mm, that one. You want this mm -hmm. one? What size you wear? Large. Okay, you same size. Extra. Say no more. It's coming y'all way I need, soon. I need the Jeff, tall, though. You already know you're going to watch this. I know you're going to make some. <laughs> Did you wear tall boop, pro boop, clubs or were you the regular size? Oh, tall, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, fella, I got, got to tell y'all, too. I might miss y'all soon. Why? What, what's, what's, what's. Are you we know, working? We off strike, baby, and I done striked up and got my ass a job. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Hey. Come on. Barky coming to a theater good. near you. I got, I got my black ass a job, y'all. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back doing what I love. No, nah, okay. but uh, I'm a miss. You know, I hope that I can still shoot. You know why I'm gone. Well, we're going to go wherever you at. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't want to tell y'all where I'm going. Y'all want to be a surprise when y'all see it. Okay. But uh, I leave soon. So, you know, audience, y'all might not see me on a few shows. Or you might. I don't know how we're going to do this. Yes, my first time actually leaving while we've been shooting this podcast. So, you know, just wish me the best. And you know, I I got a job, fellas. Oh, I got a job. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. You know, when you on podcast, we you do big things. <laughs> People be offering you stuff, doing stuff. You know how it is. Hey, no, we no happy way. for you, Bucky. No, that's, that's dope. That's dope. Thank you, no, man. No, there, there's is there any leaks that like you okay giving, or it's just we just gotta wait. Just all wait I can see. say is y'all gonna be shocked. Okay, that's all I can say. Y'all gonna shocked. be like y'all gonna be happy. We gonna talk about it when it do come out. And, you know, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. You're going to really like it because I think I, I don't want to give up nothing. I'm, okay. I'm talking too right, much. We, we I'm gonna talking too see. much. We're going to wait and see. Dow, you got to match that. What what we doing? What, what? Dow's got a chain. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Show the chain. Show the chain. Show the chain. We got a new we podcast. We got the podcast P. P chain. Come on, zoom there, in on it. Zoom there, in on it. There may or may not be somebody, you know, maybe gifting uh, another one of these for you guys. But, okay. yeah, I've been thinking about getting a I chain for, for some time now and- Ended up buying one in Detroit. I went into this jewelry store just to look around. Yeah. But have you ever been in a store? And this is a sincere, like, it was just such good customer service and the guy was so nice. I felt like I had I gotta to. I got to get something. I, have to, I like the guy. Like, yeah. I'm going to buy something. Yeah. So I ended up getting the cross chain and then I'm like, man, I need the podcast P chain. So uh, shout out. How did out. that, like, did you ask him, do you do customs or it doesn't? Yeah. So I, I was looking at the cross one. Uh, his name was like Dash Diamonds in Detroit where my wife lives. So it was her 30th birthday. So I was out there for a few days and I was just looking at the size of the crosses because I didn't want the, the extra 
YT chain. You know what I mean? I didn't want the, you know, the, the damn, YT Rick Ross chain. You know what I mean? So I wanted something clean. So I was just looking at the size of the cross because I don't want like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's big, it's, I want it to be, it's got to fit me. You right. know what I mean? I can't, can't do the YT. So um, yeah, I got the podcast P chain shortly after that, but yeah, it's it's kind of a new look I'm going for. Now. I'm liking. What it. about you, P? Besides being an all star, what else fuck going on? Uh, what else is going on? Yeah, just happy to be back in LA. Happy to be that? back home. Happy to be Man. back home. We was gone for two weeks. It's been lonely. Yeah, we it's, talk about that later. Y'all did good. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. That's why I wear No video today. games, bro. It's been quiet at uh, the house. It's been quiet. We have not played no video games the whole Grammy trip. They've been just, gone, y'all. Just Madden and, and two guys. I didn't have much like duty time. Like duty is tricky because if you play in hotels <laughs> and at Wi-Fi, it's just trash then it's, it's you don't want to force it it's, just it's like, a horrible experience it's good to take time off though and and sometimes it makes you play better which i came hey, back last night know. and was killing so your traveling wi-fi don't work good it does some of the cities it was great but at the like i'm so locked in on pc now like oh so it gotta be it's, have it's just not the same internet. playing yeah, duty yeah. on playstation like agreed after playing on pc it's not the same yeah it's all good i'm hey. better on pc now I hate you PC dudes, man. I got to get a Make PC. Make the transition. I know. That's why we I said talked I about this last night. You, need a, last you night. need a designated game room. I got to get the room where the it's just a game room. Yeah, I'm going to get it. The monkey As soon room. as you open it, how much should say PG-13 just need to say bunky. That's all it's going to say. B-O-N-K-Y. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we popping on Podcast P this week. Y'all, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot. Man. We wanted to take a brief break from this episode to let you know that Price Picks has got you covered when it comes to helping you make some money during the NBA season. That's right, that's right, that's right. Price Picks is helping me cash in. Price Picks is a daily fantasy app, and with the NBA season in full swing, you can select two or more picks, pick more or less on their projected stats, and turn $25 into $250. Price Picks is really simple and easy to play. I can make my Price Picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. It's also that time of the year where many sports are happening at the same time and of course prize picks allows you to pick combo projections across football and basketball with specials so you can support all your favorite teams while still cashing in um i know for me i always be cashing in but dallas i we get to you on another time but anyways be sure to visit prizepicks.com slash podcast p and use podcast p for a first deposit matchup to a hundred dollars and y'all already know what time it is Cha-ching! Now back to the show. Before we bring Vince Stables and Jaime Hotcares to the show, fellas, we got to cover some Clipper news. Oh, you know I'm ready to do that. You see, I wore the outfit today. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> clippered out. You Clipper Daryl. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm the new Clipper Daryl. Clipper Monkey. Come on, Clipper, Clipper Monkey. Hey, and just a heads up, guys, on Podcast P, we are shooting this before the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Detroit Pistons game. So stay locked in to Podcast P. Follow us on all social media platforms. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Shout out to my mama, too, for wearing the <laughs> Podcast P merch this week. And she wore it this week? Yeah, we posted her Podcast P poster. Shout out to mama. They'll probably okay. post it again and show okay. her. Where, where she wear that? She was just around the house. She, she went out. out. She went out with it. Come in public. on. She was outside. Mom's was out there I, like I'm this. I'm glad your family mama got some merch. Man, jeez. <laughs> you didn't get no merch. My family hasn't got nothing. You got to steal it. <laughs> was it all the extra beanies? Was it a beanie? Yeah, I stole it. <laughs> I lied. Said, I ain't got no jacket. It took an extra one. Give it to Mama and him. Oh, that's funny. So I want to rewind a little bit. And P, previously on a, a, a previous episode, when James first got traded, there was a bunch of noise. And we talked about it on the show. And one clip that really stuck out to me uh, when talking about this subject was when James first got traded, 
And I think he was on the bench with T-Man and T-Man was asking him something and James was just like, don't worry, like once I get it, like it, it, we're, we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And James also said it was going to be scary. But seeing where you guys are at now, I think you're 16 and four in your last 20 games hovering around the top of the Western Conference. Is it hard for you not to look ahead to the future and kind of get excited for this playoff run that we're about to go on? Uh yeah, I mean it's uh you do got to you got to take it one day at a time, one game at a time. Um but you do look ahead at some points throughout the season where you are excited like man, we've checked a lot of boxes of like playing on the road, playing against adversity, challenging really good teams. Um like we've checked a lot of boxes that will prepare us for when it is playoff time. So that's like the most important part of it all but at the same time it's just it's an ongoing like figuring it out like I think now that we learn who we are how we're going to play um like my role has changed like from the start of the season to where it is now it's just we're winning like we're 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 we're, we're playing a, we're, we're a well-oiled machine at this point everybody's clicking everybody's enjoying it everybody's having fun there's no complaints um and so yeah I mean at this point like you you are excited for what's to come once we get to that point. When, when you just mentioned, you said your roles changed. I'm curious just from your standpoint, like obviously James has the ball in his hands and so he's kind of bringing the ball up. Mm -hmm. What else has changed as far as your role, like in your mind? What, what, what really has changed? I think I've just taken on that defensive leader. Um, obviously we got Kawhi who's one of the best defenders, but I feel like just being versatile – uh, T. Lou has given me that freedom to just be the defensive leader. I think that's just where my role, like, I'm not getting as many shots as I was to start the season off, which is totally fine. We're winning. And so James is getting adjusted into that role of being a facilitator and, you know, uh, that floor general. Um, so I've I've been getting my shots through, you know, certain stuff like that. So rhythm's going to be up and down. Your defense look good, though, baby. But <laughs> defensively, it's, it's, it's just, you know, I feel like that has kind of been where I could really step up and, and make sure defensively, you know, I'm at the best that I can be. Would you averaging like two steals a game right now? Two or three? Just under. Like 1.7 or something like that. I think what, the other night you had about three okay. or four, I think, and they took one from you. They gave you three. I think you had four, though. Might, uh, might, uh, they be doing that, though. <laughs> what happened with that one steal and you went down and you like just lost the ball? I couldn't see something, but you were talking with the ref after it. I, he hacked the hell out of me. <laughs> I couldn't see it. I'm like, bro, yeah. what is he doing? He it looked like you were fumbling but the even ball. Like, I don't know, it was just, uh, it was just an off, <laughs> like, off day, bro. Like, And I think it was just like, so I didn't, we got back from the two-week trip. Like, So the first night we get in three, four in the morning, I didn't fall asleep. Like, So that was a rough night. Then the next night before the game, I, wait, I, I try to go to bed early. Like, all right, let me try to recover on some sleep. I probably went to bed like 9, 30, 10. Wake up two in the morning, wide the awake, and I was up all the way until that game the night. So I just feel like I was just I zombied was just out, zombied yeah, out yeah. like not there. And then I I feel great because we're back home. So like now I got that like I'm, my adrenaline is high. Like I, I was just a, it was just a mix of <laughs> and like because I had a steal before that, and it was just like the, my hand was was yeah like the ball just went right through my hand. So I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that other still, it literally almost did the same thing. I was just able to get a little grip on it. Speaking of your boy Kawhi, 
Y'all went on this six and one mm -hmm. Grammy run, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. I hate that y'all lost that one. But your boy, you know, I got to be nosy. Kawhi said that y'all bonded when y'all was on this road trip. Mm -hmm. You know, now everybody know that's a hard thing to do when you on these road games, okay? Mm -hmm. What is it that y'all did on and off the court to make y'all bond together? I mean, we just, it's just a lot of time being together. Um, we did do dinners while we were on the road, team dinners. Um, Who paid? We mix it up. Okay. One night this person pays, next night the other person pays. Like, you know, okay. it's not solely on one person. But I think that was like we're when you're home, you're around each other for a long time. But when you're on the road, you're around each other even longer. Cause you're on the road, there's nothing to do. Like, yo, y'all wanna go grab a bite? I bet, yeah, let's go eat. Like, so now we're on together off the court, opposed to when we're home, we're on the we're together on the court. Um, and so with that, like you build a lot more, you know, continuity, like right, right. you, you just learn how to, how to talk and, and, and communicate on another scale when you're doing it off the court and it translates to on the court. So yeah, I, I thought we got real close and we really bonded over that two week trip. Okay. Another thing I want to know, I got to be nosy. Come on with uh, it. I know you've been, it's been tough for you lately dealing with your, your groin injury mm -hmm. or whatever. I just want to. You know, know how you've been adjusting to that right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been. You know, it's it's been a process. Um, you know, I, I stated this in the interview. It's no excuse though. Like, if I'm on the court, then I'm out there to play at my best. Like, so it's no excuse. But my groin is sore. Like, it's been sore. It's been bothering me. I've been trying to play through it, knowing we got the All Star break coming up. Like, let's go into the break playing as best as we can. Um, Cause I, you know, last thing you want to do is. You get to April, last couple games of the season, and then you like, damn, that game, if I would have played or, you know, if we would have won that, like this situation would be a lot different. What what kind of pain, Pete, is a groin pain? I never had it's it, like so I a, don't know. It's like a nagging pain. Like, mm -hmm. it's like say you had a tight hammy. Okay. Similar to that, but it's just in your groin. Like, Ooh. you just got a tight groin. So it gets it's off and on tight. Off and on tightness. To. Like, sometimes, like, you know, just – you know, lifting my leg hurts. Uh, like if you're playing defense, you're sliding, like uh, that can pull on it. Um, so I get it wrapped. I get my groin wrapped wow. before the game. Wrapped? Um, yeah. I never heard. It's gotta be uncomfortable. Yeah, so my pelvic, it's, it's just to keep my pelvis from like, it, it's support for my pelvis. Yeah. So what do you do to get rid of a groin problem? Like what do you, what's the deal? I mean, it's, it's, you know, a lot of it is comes from just your hips not being aligned and, and your groin is getting pulled on because your hips aren't aligned. Mm. And so that's what's, what was that the case. And like if you continue to play on that over time, it's going to get sore and sore. And that was just the case. So now it's just working on just keeping my, my you know, pelvic uh, both left and right aligned. And um, then time time it'll just but you got to get some you know treatment on it right right um but over time it'll go down and i'll be back to normal that's all i wanted to know i was just wanted to be nosy because i <laughs> yeah, knew yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's, it's you. sciatica for the groin you know you, hey, there you go that's you how know, you should that's, that's, that's kind of how it is yeah. a little sciatic for the groin i had to ask that because i know the people was going to ask how you groin doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Had to be Jackie's in the comments. You know that. So, you know everyone. Hey, you know, from in the gym. You can answer it. Now you I, my boy P is good. Come you know, on. Just a crazy sword. profile pic. Hey, I'm going to change it. <laughs> he does, bro. His YouTube profile <laughs> pic is hilarious. It's like him looking at his phone like down like this, taking a picture or something like that. 
<laughs> but Pete, you were recently selected to your ninth All-Star game, which is a incredible achievement. And there aren't too many players uh, in NBA history uh, that are going to be able to say the same and have been able to to go to nine All-Star games. But just talk a little bit about how it feels to to be heading to another All-Star game. Uh, it feels great. Honestly, it feels great. Funny story is when I got traded from Indiana to Oklahoma, uh, that's going from East Conference to the West Conference. I was told I would never make the All-Star game again going out West. Mm. Wow. And to now pick up what was I, twice in Oklahoma. This is my second in LA. Um, so to go on and pick up four All-Stars being in the Western Conference now is amazing. Um, this one is obviously special being back in Indiana where it started for me. Um, so I mean, it, it's great, you know, it's great. Um, but hindsight of it all, like you you do wish for a little, little time off, especially for my right. situation with this growing. You know what I like the most? Everybody that doubted you when you was saying you're gonna be an all star, and look, mm -hmm. I bet you have them people that said they ain't even never been an all star, never never been an all star, and no. that's crazy. You still all star, still all star, you still all star to this day, to this day. <laughs> so all them people that was talking about P back in the day, <laughs> yeah, that's P, all was, I'm gonna say. Was that more so? Because now I want to dive into that comment a little bit more, but. You always hear those stories like of athletes that kind of like remember something that someone said. So mm -hmm. when you say that I was told that I wouldn't get another all-star going to the West, mm -hmm. was that like a media thing or do you actually remember, you don't have to say names, but was there like a specific person that told you that? It was reportedly coming from the original team I was traded from. from. Wow. Mm, like <laughs> send him to the West. He, he won't be an all-star in the West. Wow. And so that's, that did stick with me. Um, and so when I got to Oklahoma, it was like, all right, I got, I got some fuel. Um, and, and first year there, all-star. Come on. Indubitably. Second year there, all-star starter. Come on. Keep <laughs> gotta talking. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. Come on. This is The Connect, sponsored by AT&T. Stay connected to what matters most with AT&T. All right, we have the Miami Heat rookie sensation, my guy, Jaime Hakez, joining us. Jaime, what up, bro? How you doing? What's happening, P? Doing good, man. Doing good. Happy to be on the show again. Uh, living, living wild. Appreciate you again on the show. What's going on in 305, man? Nothing much. Uh, you know, working, trying to get better. Uh, you know, doing what I can to help this team progress. So, you know, living good, living good. Got you, got you. Do, you. do you feel it like the keys is about to be handed to you, like, at some point? Um, I mean, eventually, I mean, at, at where I'm at right now, I'm just doing everything I can to learn. Uh, I think we yeah. have a lot of great guys, uh, you know, veteran, veteran guys that are really, you know, taking me under their wing and showing me, uh, the NBA game. And so it's been, it's been really special to have that. And so, you know, when that time comes, uh, I'm gonna be ready for it. Love that. Love that. I mean, I know you're probably excited uh, for this weekend's All-Star Weekend, and you will be competing in this year's Slam Dunk Contest. So congratulations on that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think uh, a lot of people don't know your history in Slam Dunk Contests. I know that you did one, win, win one in high school uh, down at Sierra Canyon, if I'm not mistaken. But what kind of made you want to do uh, the dunk contest this year? Um, I thought it was a great opportunity. It was something that, 
you know, I watched as a kid and growing up, uh, watching a dunk contest, guys like Nate Robinson, Blake Griffin, uh, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine. So just to, you know, be able to participate in something like that and just show my ability and my dunking ability is going to be really cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And do you, can you give us any insight? Like, tell me you're working on something. Like, do you feel like yeah, you got no. a dunk this year <laughs> that's going to be like, all right, like bring a little excitement, something people yeah. haven't seen. You got something cooking up? Yeah, I think I got I think I got one dunk that uh, you guys are going to be uh, surprised to see. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a lot of work behind the scenes being put into the creativity of all this. So um, yeah. it, it, I didn't realize how serious this process was going to be. <laughs> no, it, it it is a serious process. You know, I've done it yeah. twice now. And uh, to be honest, you practice all of this stuff leading up to it. And then you get out there and then you know how it goes. Once that adrenaline yeah. hit. It's like, all right, I can yeah. jump out the gym. Like, let me add this yeah. to it now. Like, so exactly. That's yeah, what I was telling you, myself you, the whole time. I'm just banking on the adrenaline. So yeah, because even if you're going through the practices and you missing, and yeah, I I guarantee once you get out there, like your vert's going to be another like five <laughs> inches. I promise yeah. you. So I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see I'm it. Excited to do it, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You better have your hair doing a trick. Or something when you dunk. <laughs> With your hair flowing, going. We need a, hair, we need a head and shoulders uh, deal Come after, on. You, after you get the, the, yeah. the, the dunk contest. Like you, after They're going to have it in slow motion. Come on. You got to have a head and shoulders deal. Jaime, are you watching Are you watching like old dunk contests for inspiration? Or are you more so trying to find, you know, some of these online sensation dunkers like – what have you kind of been doing to to come up with the creativity side of the dunk contest? I think creatively, I mean, obviously taking a lot of inspiration from a lot of different places, but at the same time, uh, you know, I kind of really wanted to be myself and, you know, re re really my own, uh, my own creativity um, and bring something that people haven't really seen before. Cause I mean, everyone dunking nowadays is, is uh, it's like, it's like water. It's everywhere. Everybody could do crazy dunks, so you got to put your own little twist on things, and um, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Mm -hmm. Who are you most worried about in the dunk contest? If you're just looking at it, you know, I, I, I think you're probably not the favorite just, just looking <laughs> at it on paper. But yeah. who, who in that dunk contest are you looking at? Like that's the guy I got to beat. I mean, I think you got a lot of great jumpers and great dunkers in there. I mean, in-game dunk is one thing, but a dunk contest is another. So um, it's about you know being creative and and have a good tricks and stuff like that. Love that answer. Love that. Love that. <laughs> now, Jaime, this season, my guy, we done seen your ass come off the bench. You done started games. And now you're returning from an injury. Now I want to know how have you dealt with all of these ups and downs during your rookie season, my man? Um, I mean, it's been, it's been great, man. It's been uh, a great journey so far. I've got to experience a lot of things. I'm scoring my first bucket, getting my first dunk, falling out of a game. So just trying to mark things off the off the uh, to do list of things I got to do to you know earn my stripes in the NBA. So um, just being able to experience all that uh, so early on, I think is going to be really useful um, later on in my career. I'm gonna do you a little favor right now. I'm gonna have PG give you a little bit of advice on how to catch a rhythm after returning from a mid-century uh, season injury. Give him a little advice. Little I gave him advice. a little surprise. Give him a little something. I mean, you just you know it's. Obviously, you know, depending on the injury, but you try to ease your way back into it, do some of the same stuff, uh, you know, as far as finding what your 
uh, routine is, right? You stick to your routine so that the game feels normal, like you're back, like you never left. But then when you get on the court, you know, everything else kind of takes care of itself. You just feel right back at home. Um, but definitely develop a routine that you always stick to. So when you get hurt, you get injured, you got time off. Once you get into that routine, it's like, oh, okay, all right, now I'm, I, I've been here before. I'm back. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just as good and just as, as in rhythm as when I left the game. So, uh, my big thing, bro, is just make sure you got a routine at all times and stick to that routine because um, it's going to take you a long ways. Like on the days where you feel sluggish, days where you feel, uh, you know, just not there mentally, so stuff's going on at home, that routine is going to take care of all of that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I got I think, yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, stick it with a routine. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that I have, I mean, and I kind of got my own routine going. Uh, we put some things in here and there, sprinkling different things. Uh, just so I'm always, you know, staying fresh and uh, looking right, forward right. for something new. That's good. Last time you were on the pod, we had Draymond here. And you came in and you talked to us about our vets when we were rookies. Now that you got 40, 50 games under your belt this year, what vet, what vets on the Heat team have kind of taken you under their wing? I would say Jay Rich for sure. Jay Rich, definitely one of them. Um, Caleb Martin, another, and, and Ben, those three guys, I would say, definitely have taken me under their wing and, and you know, shown me a lot about the game of basketball and, you know, even off the court stuff as well. So um, mm-hmm. those three guys. Got it. And then shout out Jimmy. Been putting you yeah, on, shout, uh, yeah. uh, on a shout commercial, Jimmy, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That when it. I seen that, that's awesome. Similar yeah. thing I did when I was in Indiana. I tried to take the rookie guys, put them in their first yeah. commercials with Gatorade. Yeah. Um, so I think it's dope to just kind of get you acclimated for what's to come. Uh, for you down the line. Yeah, no, for sure. Jimmy be on my ass too during the games and everything. So uh, he's, <laughs> he's been great as well. Yeah, I love Jimmy's like, he, he just has that fire, you know, yeah. competitiveness about him. So it's <laughs> always fun to watch him from afar. And then it's always, it's even more fun competing against him. So yeah. Jaime, kind of a yeah. side question. How's Jimmy's coffee? Have you had an opportunity to taste any of his coffee? <laughs> the big face? Yeah, man. I was tasting it while I was doing that uh, commercial. We had it literally on set for like the whole entire day. So I was just tasting, uh, tasting all of it. I'm not a big coffee fan personally. Mm. Um, I'm more of a tea guy, but uh, uh, okay. definitely definitely worth a try. Definitely worth a try. We'll, we'll have to check it out sometime. You better have tried it. He was going to make you do something. <laughs> <laughs> he was a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> so Jaime, the, the Heat just traded for Terry Rozier. And with the addition of Terry, your role... Uh, has changed a bit. Talk a little bit about that adjustment. I'm sure you were super, well, you have been looking very comfortable in their system. Just talk about the kind of adjustments that you've had to make bringing in a, a player like Terry. I think it, I think it's been great, man. He's been a great addition to our team. Um, you know, anytime you're bringing in a new guy, um, there's always an adjustment period. Uh, we had a little adjustment period of just trying to figure out, you know, roles and rhythm and, and what our identity was going to be. And uh, I mean, he's he's been he's been transitioning seamlessly. And, uh, you know, as for myself, you know, changing roles. I mean, uh, as far as role, I mean, it hasn't really changed as much um, as I thought it was going to. Um, you know, I think coming off the bench during the time that I come in, usually me and K-Love, I think it's a great. Um, a great time, great timing, great rhythm that we have. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. All right. Now, Jaime, uh, I mean, you play PG. Um, twice this season against the Clippers. And I want to know, how has your experience been from when you used to play with P at the UCLA runs, a.k.a. the Rico? And yeah. how's it, how, how's them games been facing him to 
to be now you're playing with against him in the NBA. I know it got to be some type of, it got to be surreal. Like, have you had yeah. your moment yet where you're like, damn, I'm Jaime. I'm really in the NBA right now. Have you had that moment yet? Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of those moments uh, throughout my throughout my rookie season where I'm like, damn, I'm really here. I think, you know, going back home and playing in Staples Center was one of them. Uh, obviously, we played the Clippers there. That was crazy. Um, and then, you know, even even when I go out every single night of the locker room, um, just to see everyone and, and the cheers and, you know, everybody in the crowd. And it's just like I'm living a dream right now. So it's been incredible. Got your bobbleheads and everything coming soon. Huh? <laughs> yeah, got all the T-shirts and the jerseys. Yeah. I want one, too. I want you to send <laughs> yeah, us we'll one. I want a one. jersey and a, and a bobblehead, okay? Yeah, I got don't, you. Don't worry yep. about them. Just give it to me, Jaime. Don't worry about them. Careful, <laughs> Jaime. Jaime, speaking of the dream and uh, being in the NBA and life being surreal, let's talk about the Christmas day. I know this was a game <laughs> that was definitely highlighted for you. Yeah. It has to be. Every kid that makes it yeah. in the NBA wants to play on Christmas day. I got the opportunity to do it several times, so it's always special um, to play on Christmas. You played against the 76ers with a monster night, a double-double, 31 and 10, two blocks. Talk to us a little bit about like that feeling, performing on the biggest stage of the season so far. Um, and I mean, I know you had to get a ton of love from family, friends back home, um, and just teammates. Like, Talk to us a little bit about how that Christmas Day game went for you. Yeah, that was a uh, that was really special for me, um, just because I had all my family and you know it was my first time I got to host Christmas in my uh, you know little apartment, got the Christmas tree, so it was great in the morning to open presents, and then you know you get later on in the day, it's like all right now you got to play a game, and uh, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great time as a team. Uh, my family was there, able to see, and then you know obviously you know have a career night for myself. Um, uh, it was really special, man, and you know that's a that's a day like you said everyone dreams about. Everyone watches it national stage. And, you know, I, I go back to when I was younger and I was practicing with my AU team and we would practice all the way up until Christmas Eve and, you know, talk about no days off. So to be able to go out there and I think that's just, you know, full circle moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Christmas, baby. That was your gift that, that night too. That was your <laughs> gift. Yeah. 31 and them 10 rebounds. Now we need you to get that triple. Yeah, that's that one, that's one I'm trying to get. We need 10 blocks. They, they call you Triple J. Yeah. Triple I mean, J, get a triple, triple dub. Come on. I, I need Triple one. J, Triple one. Dub. Triple J, Triple Dub. That's your <laughs> yep. new name right there, Jaime. Then we just yep. gave you the new one today, baby. There it goes. Hey, <laughs> I love well, Jaime, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We know you got a busy day today or had a busy day today. Um, but yeah. we do want to say thank you. Thank you for connecting with us. Stay close to the action with AT&T. At home or on the go, AT&T keeps you connected to the game you love. Jaime, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you. We appreciate you, you big dog. Thank you, man. Keep doing Stay healthy. We'll see you Keep in the send, send that stuff to Aaron Mint for me. I will. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. How has Babbel helped y'all? 
Well, I've been trying to learn a little Spanish, so me and the wife have been going back and forth, just, you know, just trying to practice a new language. What about you, P? Same. When you got little kids, you know, you want to teach them new languages and uh, let them explore down that path. So, been teaching them to my, you know, Spanish to my kids. Your kids know Spanish? Piquito? Piquito. Piquito Espanol. Oh, move me in. Okay, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners now. Don't be out there trying to cheat. You talking about you listening, you ain't listening. But go to at Babbel.com slash podcast P. Once again, get 55% off at Babbel.com slash podcast P. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash podcast P. Rules and restrictions may apply. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a very special guest from the LBC. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our first rapper on the show. So shout out him on Podcast P. Thank you for taking time for us. He's got a, a special show on Netflix called The Vince Staples Show. Come on. Yes, sir. Mm. Introducing Mr. Vince Staples himself. How you doing, sir? Appreciate I'm you, good, brother. Man, I'm good. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all time, man. The first one, I ain't know that. I yeah, you the first, man. You the first. So. Come so you, on, you, bro. You laying the you foundation for us. Yeah, man. You know, I've been here forever. I had a little, I had a sabbatical. I had to leave for like six months and go to Atlanta, but then I came right back. So I ain't really done that much time nowhere else. Well, we glad you back. Nah, it's a lot of talk love, about man. you. I heard a lot of good stuff about you. I'm happy, man. I'm yeah, happy. Man. You know, we want good things only nowadays. So yeah, yeah definitely. I heard a lot of good stuff, and that's good. You 30, so we we gonna we gonna we about to get it. Yeah, we about to get it going. Yeah, yeah. Let's get right into it. I read that uh, you played in Snoop Dogg's youth football league. Like, how did how did that come about? Well, Snoop came and he co-opted all the black kids. Like, we was off playing for the OCJ. Hey, cuz, I need him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, for real, he was he was recruiting. So at first he played for the uh, Compton Titans. So I played for Linwood first, and then we went Compton Titans, and then we went Snoop League, which ended up being the Vikings. Okay, uh, that was like my last year before high school when he came in. So it was fun, man. The like, crib. <laughs> that's that's see, Snoop was see that's that's for that. Uh, I posted that picture when we was doing the celebrity. Um, game that Snoop had, and he had some real athletes out there. Kyle Cole's a bunch of six eight, six six. Oh, I sat on the bench. <laughs> I want to play in the game. What position you play? I see. At first, they had me playing running back. I don't want nobody to hit me. It was. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. And yeah. I got asthma, so like we was trash. <laughs> the first year, bro, we was terrible. So after that, I was like, I want to be on defense. I'm trying to do like some John Lynch, Air Reed. You yeah. know what I mean? I want to roam. So you want to do the hit? Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm cool. And also, they can't throw. As children, so I was just really right, kicking right, right. it. <laughs> right, so you running every day, like you yeah, take you get a free pick. You know what I mean? Because the ball gonna be in the air, just floating. Right. These children can't throw, except for the Mission Viejo Cowboys. Mm, they they kept nice. a quarterback. You know them real good. Yeah, yeah, they the whole name. Yeah, Richard Vallejo Cowboys. Yeah, I hate you know their quarterback name still? They probably had Carson Palmer in one of them. Because, <laughs> yeah, all the tall white boys come from that part of Orange County, yeah. so they probably had they one probably of them. They probably definitely yeah, had Carson Palmer. when you play them, huh? What, mm -hmm. what was the Snoop Dogg recruitment process like? Was it more like, at Snoop, we gotta go? Or was there a little bit, anything, any good story with the recruitment process? I mean, you kind of just followed the coach, but it just, it, it was luxury, bro. Okay. Like, name, we had our names on our jerseys because we was good. You know, some teams had a names on the jersey, mm -hmm. some teams don't. Like, mm -hmm. it was a wobbler, depending on where you played at with Snoop. All the jerseys was new, the helmets was new, the pads was mm -hmm. new. It was yeah. easy to get us. And you get to go to the Snooper Bowl and all yeah. the extra stuff. <laughs> was Bowl. it, was it, have you seen Snoop Dogg new movie, The Underdog? I haven't seen it, but I know that's I was about what to it's say, based it's, on. It gotta be something. Oh, it's based on his, his, uh, on his, his life of coaching and 
how the kids are because uh, it probably was kids cussing with y'all yeah. and doing. Yeah, it's, it the movie's wild. It's and good, it's still though. going too. Like it's still going. Like they just had a big game not too long ago. He still kind of got a got like a tight grasp on the whole football yeah. game out that's here. That's hard. So. A lot of players, like a lot of the players that come out. Oh, for it's, it's, sure. Uh, from his his uh football camp. And he yeah. active too. He not just like putting his name on it. Like he active he here around him while doing like it's some dudes that's out here. Is he coaching or is he more of like the commission role? Like both. He he had a team. Oh, okay. So yeah, and he was cheating. He had people from everywhere. <laughs> had people from everywhere going to Pomona. Like yeah, it was he was he was. It gets to the cheating. point where y'all had yeah. to check birth certificates. Like all right, this kid is. Bruh. Like, come on, Snoop. It, it was ridiculous. And they still cheating. The kids are still cheating. I done yeah. seen some like 15, 16 year olds. Yeah, because I know that. it happens. This happens in basketball, mm-hmm. right? Kids get held back for basketball purposes to stay in, you know, develop in, in high school. So to see that in the football level is crazy because. Yeah, it's not fair. It's, it's contact. So it's like you might be playing. You might be 14 playing against a 19-year-old. Man, they doing the double holdbacks now, especially with COVID. <laughs> like, double holdbacks. Yeah, yeah, that COVID, that's definitely yeah. a big plus, yeah. especially for yeah. high school players. For and high school basketball. players, that's what I'm saying. In football, is crazy. We know as the show is going on, they just unveiled the new Kobe statue, which is dope. The Lakers did that. So not only, you know, everybody's expecting one, he got three. Um, how special is that, you know, for for L.A.? Like, Where for the culture of L.A.? <laughs> that's what I was. That's, that's what I, I want to know where you gonna put them too. But I, w- I only seen one so far. I didn't even see the, the all three. Yet. Eight, twenty-four, and then one with him and and his daughter. But where are they going though? Exactly. I mean, I'm assuming in the front room in the with front. all the other ones. But it's gonna because who's in the I front? Don't know. There's Magic. There's Shaq. Kareem. There's Shaq. Shaq. You got uh uh Jay the Jay announcer Jay Hearn. Chick Hearn. Jerry West. Man, when we gonna start taking like when we gonna start taking statues down? Like, it's, oh, it's been here too long like, now. Let's, like, like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> who is that guy? Like, Come on, like, son, that's true. If Kobe get a statue, then we got to kind of raise, like, raise who the get bar, the statue. Because right? it ain't really like a room out there. That's a fair point. Like, we, I just asked him today, because, you know, LeBron played for the Lakers. He got championships everywhere. He ain't get no statue. And he's, not in LA. He's they're gonna get. I agree one. with you. He got to get a statue in like Cleveland and in like the NBA Miami. headquarters, Miami. Oh, he's gonna get a lot of statues. <laughs> yeah, like NBA headquarters. You got to just put him on top of the building. That's you got to. You don't I think he meets ready. any criteria for LA? I he feel got like, the championship in Cleveland. It might be in New York for all we know. I mean, I I, I rock with LeBron. <laughs> it's just that Laker fans are haters. So yeah. you can't really. They never gonna like LeBron. It's never gonna happen. It's never gonna never happen. Life. Yeah. Making sense unless now. he was a Clipper. The only time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see my outfit? Yeah, he don't got to move. I you know used to mean? be a Laker fan. Don't so when that. you said don't the whole hater that. thing, I was like, oh. I ain't never been a Laker fan. I ain't win. Okay. It's I, fair I, to I say hated the Lakers. Yeah, like, I'm being Jackie, it's okay. I used to be a Laker fan. That's I okay. I used to, Vince. I used to. I ain't going to lie. I grew up in a Laker household and my family loud, so it just made me hate the team. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why you went. That's it's why like, you it's, like, it's like two in the afternoon, everybody screaming. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I remember, you just was like, fuck it, I'm going to go rogue. I I'm remember going the, Fisher, the Fisher uh, buzzer beater. It was crazy. It was the most annoying day of my life. Point like, four. Yeah, everybody <laughs> running around the house. It's a two bedroom apartment. It's fifty people in here. Yeah. Like y'all running up and down the hallway. Like rewind it. Like yeah. we they recording the game like on VHS. <laughs> We're not supposed to be doing right. that for like the second <laughs> round of the playoffs. He said VHS. Yeah, it was irritating. Oh my God. So, so how did so so uh, I do want to know the origin of how you became Clippers? Like yeah, ask him that. I mean, the games was free. You go to Vons. Get a okay. little ticket, you buy a Capri Sun, they give you 15 Clipper tickets. <laughs> what? It used to be Damn, empty. that's how bad it was my for mom, Clippers? Yeah, my mom used like to work at Toyota. 
and uh, <laughs> they used to get him like just free tickets at work. And then the ticket it'd be empty, so you just walk to wherever you want to sit. Yeah. But the teams wasn't that bad. They just was losing. They like I, it was entertaining as a kid. It was like right. going to the circus. You know what I mean? Like right. Universal Circus. You got Elton Brand just doing fadeaways for no reason. Yeah. Very smile. Like it was a right. fun thing to watch as a kid. I was a Clippers fan too growing up. Obviously, I liked the Lakers because of Cole, and Cole was my favorite player. So I liked the Lakers as well. But like Clippers was fun to me. They was exciting. They had you know. Quentin Richardson, they had Darius Miles, Corey McGetty, uh, Corey McGetty, like Kane. it was just Chris Kamen, El Brand, go too far. Baron Davis was there, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mario Sam Cassell, Yanovich, mm-hmm. what was his name? Sam Cassell, yeah, it, it, was, uh, they were it was entertaining, they were, it was a fun a team. group. Like you know, I remember we used to do that shit. Like mm-hmm. uh, who who your, knuckle up? Who your favorite player in Clipper history? Ah, uh, Baron Davis. Mm. He's not even yeah, Baron Davis. My favorite point guard. It was like being a kid and seeing Baron David just being around and like walking funny. Like, you know, he got that weird walk to see him. <laughs> and it's like he was just everywhere at all times. And it's like he was from out here. So, and when he got there, like he just brought like a certain energy mm-hmm. to the team. And then kind of hearing him talk about the backstory, how, you know, certain people left and they were supposed to build a team together and they still had a little run. It was, it was kind of the beginning of like the era that, you know, we give Chris and Blake and all them dudes who did very well credit for it. But, mm-hmm. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the team this year? Just from from being a fan and watching them, w- what are your thoughts on this year's team? I think the team is good. Just people being hurt for like the past five years. You know, sports is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is the year, and after this year, it's not gonna happen again. I don't pay attention to that mm-hmm. stuff. As long as ain't nobody hurt, and then the team has a good opportunity to make a run. It's just the crazy thing is like the dynamic of the roster. Like everybody almost the same size right <laughs> one through five right so to see the competition and the comebacks has been crazy this year even the other day like it was a little gap and i look back up about 10 i'm like when that happened yeah. you know what i mean but <laughs> the speed of the game i think is working in the benefit of the team i like this he has some real good questions too. great great <laughs> that was amazing boy we're gonna have you, on the, show. <laughs> hey, you man, on the show i'll be watching man <laughs> oh. um i do want to describe where you at now in life um the creative place that you're in now you dropped the Ramona uh, Park Broke My Heart, which was uh, to date one of your best albums, right? And then now you have your Vince Staples show. Talk to us a little bit of like you hitting your potential of, of just creativeness. Um, was this always a vision? Did you see yourself in the actor space? Did you always, was yeah, rapper man. was your number one goal and then now you open up to a whole, whole new opportunity? I mean, I never wanted to make like music or any of that stuff like as a kid growing up to be honest. like. Mm-hmm. I don't think my focal point, like, or even just like my vision for life kind of exceeded a certain point, you know what I mean? But I feel like getting older and growth is really important and it's understated to kind of give yourself time to just figure out life. You know, mm-hmm. we all got moments that we feel like it's going to be this and then things change and being able to overcome and kind of be malleable to certain situations. So I got an opportunity to kind of do music just based on my friends. Like I said, I was a kid. Uh, doing kids stuff, everybody have your, you know, your mischievous ways or whatever, kind of being a part of your surroundings, family, things like that. Mm-hmm. I went to Atlanta for a couple months. I got a little bit of trouble and um, then I came back home and it just gave me a new perspective because, you know, and no disrespect to the city of Atlanta, I love it out there, but it just visually is much different than California. Mm-hmm. So then coming back to California, I was like, oh, it's like, it's, it looked nice. Mm-hmm. Like, so spending your whole life thinking you live in the ghetto and then coming back and being like, we got trees, mm-hmm. we got no little stuff it. like more sidewalks like it just feels different mm-hmm. like the the color on the buildings like you mm-hmm. it just, I just felt a different kind of mind state so I kind of got home I remember the first day I got home and we went to the Long Beach Town Center at that point in time we ain't got nothing to do you hang out at the mall you hang out on the block 
where you go to Long Beach Town Center, hang out in front of In-N-Out, and just wait for something to happen. <laughs> that was like, yeah. so we had the Long Beach Town Center where I had spent almost probably every day for the past two, three years, like in one of those couple places. And I was just like, yeah, I'm cool. Like it just didn't, feel, I felt like I wanted to know more about life. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a couple friends, my one of my homies, Chuck, who grew up in my neighborhood and my homie, uh, Dijon, they was always making music. And they was, in Long Beach, like you kind of, at that point in time, at least it was you. It wasn't cool to not like be yourself. Mm-hmm. No matter what you was into, no matter how you was, like you don't gotta be the homie. You don't gotta like get be into what we into as far as negatively. Like, what do you bring to the table? And they mm-hmm. was always on music. They was always on clothes. They was talking about Japan and stuff like that. So they just had a bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. So as my mind state tar- started to change, I kind of gravitated more towards him. And I had a friend named Jordan Curry that I grew up with, and he was always into making music. One of my other homies are Steve, and they was always like into that party type dudes. I'm not a party dude, mm-hmm. so I always equated music to kind of parties. And then I had two friends, Jackson Loach and Aaron Liddy, who we used to skateboard with. The skateboard has always been huge in Southern California, but Long Beach specifically, it's always been real big. And it's like it intersects between all different walks of life, all different cultures and backgrounds. So kind of spending more time with them and then kind of thinking about how your life is being right. So we all experience different things and we all notice different things. So saying, oh, I like this skate park that's attached to this song that's attached to this location. Oh, that building looked unique. This looked this way. This looked that way. And my whole viewpoint of life changed. And when my viewpoint of life changed and they were just making music, I just picked it up one day. But since I didn't have, I guess, as much talent or skill or just information as they had, I was making music not knowing what I was doing, which allowed me to kind of be creatively free. And I was one of them people, like, based on my background, like, I'm not going to get scared of nothing. Right, right. Like, I'm not going to get scared of somebody like, oh, you saying somebody going to say they don't like something? Mm-hmm. That's a walk in the park. Like, that's not that's not scary to me. Mm-hmm. So just being able to continue to be creative and free. And then people kind of leaned on my music videos and always thought, that, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. So I thought how much I can do in the space. And mm-hmm. then one day I was like, I can probably, you know, do a TV show. We had a bunch of meetings and all the meetings was like, who is this little nigga? <laughs> get out of my office we don't want to see this shit we don't care basically right. oh you want to make a song kind of what it ended up being yeah so then i'm like all right i'm not there yet so then i just started doing a bunch of auditions bricking them um looking at a bunch of youtube videos watch uh, reading a bunch of books trying to figure out what i like about tv what i like Did about you read film. a thousand books a year Nah, not a thousand, not, not a thousand, not a thousand years. That's okay. impossible. Yeah, That's man. impossible. <laughs> you could have been reading Dr. Susto. Like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. like, been like you know, book. haikus, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. But yeah, shout out Cat Williams, man. That's more, he's, he's wilding right now. And I'm for it, I'm for it. But uh, yeah, just finding the information and then just over time it kind of picked up. And you know, that was like 2015, 16, mm-hmm. almost 10 years later, got a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quick follow-up question on that because I'm kind of curious. So uh, knowing that backstory, mm-hmm. what do you like when people ask you what you do, like mm-hmm. because you're in music, because now you're kind of in the acting, what do you prefer to like be addressed by? Like I'm in this industry because I know some people kind of have, mm-hmm. you know, they, they like to be called a musician mm-hmm. or no, I'm an entertainer. Yeah. I'm not just that. I'm this. Like, what do you like to be addressed as? Um, I don't. I don't even really have them conversations, to be honest, bro. Like, <laughs> I walk, uh, hey, bro, what's up, bro? How you doing? My name is Vince. What's your name? Uh, how's your day going? And then it's like human. I like prefer human interactions. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't really be offended based on, because say someone, if you know who I am and what I do, then we're going to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If not, then I'm just your neighbor. Or like, exactly. I'm, the gym I be going to, the dude is like, hey, man, why you ain't tell me? 
what you do? I was like, when was that supposed to pop up? He said, he had a, he had a kid coming here. It was like, what's like, you Vince Davis? Why you ain't why, telling me you was Vince? Why he in here? And yeah. it's like, exactly. But it's like, I just feel like relationships are better that way because I want, I feel like everybody the same, but everybody on the equal playing field. And sometimes when people treat you weird or like just based on certain levels of celebrity, you kind of bring that on right, by right, how right. you interact and how you mm-hmm. act with people yeah. like the security guards and the, we got to pull up in the back. I ain't that. Kind of mm-hmm. like how you came today. Yeah, like with your with your, your barbers and your sisters and all this. <laughs> nah, that's Somebody the homie. That's really the homie. Though. <laughs> I'm just with you. Jackie does. Nah, that but guy. that that is funny though. That like, cause nah, that's true, though, I, you get that, like you get that too. You go to the store like you getting wrung out and cashiers like, baby, why you didn't tell me you played for the Clippers? Like, oh, when was I gonna tell yeah, you that? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get in and out, lady. Like, yeah. I didn't think you're supposed to tell people what you do for a living. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Right. Like, come on. But a lot of people do this. Like, like we wear it because, you know, I feel like the world put a lot of value in that. But to me, like, like you said, we, we was growing up. I remember being a kid, like, and you just like see Snoop Dogg. But you don't see him sometimes. You see him all the time. Like, mm-hmm. the homie dad is a is a MC Ren from NWA. And we grew up and we ain't really, it was like, why you, it was like, oh, that's your daddy? Like, it was just cool. Like, it wasn't like a big deal, but his daddy was mean as hell. So it was like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> so like, your, dad, your dad act like yeah. this. And so it's like, I've, I've been lucky now to be surrounded by people who have reached like crazy amounts of success, but they still like treated people human. So if it pop up, it pop up. Other than that, man, like, you know, let's talk about something regular. Yeah. I do want to ask, since you have the correlation with Snoop being from Long Beach as well, as a kid, like when y'all saw him, was there like any, and now, you know, y- your career path is rapping and being in the entertainment space. Like as a kid, was that kind of like inspiration to you guys? Like, I, I want to be like where Snoop is or. I think the best thing about Snoop is that um, he never fell out of reach, mm-hmm. even if he was like, cause you just see him in the way he speaks to people. He ain't never like, he never being weird, bro. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to put He's it. He just Snoop. not weird. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like being a kid, I don't think I even like realized how big all of him, Warren G. Now, I don't realize how big all of them were because you would just see them on a random day amongst their people. And as far as I know, especially with us as children, it was always a positive interaction. And you learn a lot from that, especially coming from street life. It's like, all right, if you got your current circumstances and usually in our community, we get a bad rap. But a lot of older dudes that overcome a lot of stuff, especially at that time, it's different now because social media and stuff. But at that time, any dude that made it out of this stuff, usually is a better person or a cool person. They, they showing people love. So it's like, all right, it kind of give you a lot of things in the tunnel. And Snoop being the ultimate version of that, mm-hmm. it was always like, you can do whatever. Because when we was kids, he was doing whatever, bro. Mm-hmm. He had doggy fizzle television. <laughs> we had the doggy biscuit shoe. Hey, they was just doing whatever. Yeah. So it, you didn't feel like you was limited. Like, oh, Snoop got a football league. Like, that's crazy to say out loud. <laughs> but we was kids. We was like, all right, we finna go over there. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. And he got kids that, that he produced NFL talent with, too. Right. That's what's... Mm-hmm. what's crazy about it as well you hear about all the kids that grew up and played in his under his umbrella and now they're doing successful in the nfl and it all it also felt like the orange county league even though it was the one because you got lacs and orange county league orange county league was the bigger one I, I don't even know if they still around but it felt it didn't feel like cool it didn't feel like it was some newer part of you like you play the difference between our teams and when you go to Mission Viejo was <laughs> night and day. Right. And you just felt like, I remember we went to, we played at a school one time and it was just so nice and like like the bathrooms was nice and clean. we was scared. Cause we was like, <laughs> they gonna beat our ass. Like, <laughs> they jerseys was nice, they, they shit was all clean. It was like, oh man, it's over. We, we got the helmets from seven years ago. But with Snoop, it felt like everybody was on an even playing field. And I really right. appreciated that as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it happened. 
Well, I want to congratulate you on your Netflix show, The Vince Staples Show. And I'm going to be honest with you as an actor, mm -hmm. things I auditioned for, because I auditioned for your show. I ain't see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to talk to my, my yeah, people about I, this. I ain't see it. Because uh, <laughs> I normally don't watch shows that I audition for, just mm -hmm. being an actor. It's just a little feel, yeah. thing that we mm -hmm. do. But, you know, since you was on the, on our show, they gave it to us. I love the show. Oh, thank it, you. It was I appreciate definitely it. different. It's like a curb enthusiasm. I love everything about it. You kept it for sure Long Beach mm -hmm. all the way, even to the little Easter eggs. You know I what appreciate saying? that. You even wore the, uh, what's the, the hoodie you had on, the Daniel oh, High yeah, School. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. shout out to Nate Dizzle. My thing is I want to ask you, how is it being able to world build, meaning you are an actor, mm -hmm. a writer on the show, and a producer? How do you take all that in, man, having you with your series and all that? How, how, how is this? Uh, it's extremely difficult, and I think that that's okay to say. Um, you know what I mean? I learned a lot of times, you go, man, it was a layup. It was this. It was really hard, and it took a long time. It took like eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. wow. But I was I was um, around a lot of people who helped. Like, it was so many levels to the show. Like, all right, you kind of doing a little short film stuff, utilize music video budgets, having conversations about that. Should we let him do this? We shouldn't let him do this. You know, you're going to get his nigga. Like, you know what I mean? Little stuff. Like, mm -hmm. we done heard some crazy stuff, man. And just working hard and just knowing that you got more work to do. And then, oh, you meet somebody who, you know, you meet people that's like, oh, man, I love I loved the idea of the show. This is what my show is like. Do this. Or, oh, we can turn this to this. And then you meet somebody like Ken that was just like, yeah, whatever you want to do, we can do it. You just got to know this is our TV work and anything else, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. So mm. everything done for years and then you're not even thinking about it and then it popped back up and I had a lot going on just like family stuff my, my grandmother died my brother died all the stuff during oh, COVID yeah. right so it's all good and then it's like oh yeah hey, we gotta do the show and it's like alright cool so like then you pick that back up having meetings consultations you know one of my homies Calmatic who directed kind of some shorts I did before and has been kind of consulting producing on it he was like yeah the show not gonna happen if you don't write it yourself He's yeah. like, if you don't write the show, it's not going to happen. He's like, go get Final Draft. It's $200. Sit down and write the show or it's going to be quiet. So, so getting on the phone, Maurice Williams, one of my showrunners, and being like, hey, how you do this? How do you do this? Well, how do you do a scene header? And then just like going from there and having conversations, people being like, hey, he writing the show? Is it going to be having an encouragement of the writing room and encouragement, can encouragement of certain people? Like, and then, okay, this is the budget on the show. Okay, this is how budgets work. So you can do this, this, this. You can't do this. You can't do that. Say you're supposed to get however many days is is right. is, is, is perfect. Mm -hmm. We got half of that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, how do you make a television show in in how do you make an episode of TV in three days mm -hmm. on location with a with a small team? And in retrospect, those things are crazy. But it was so much support for, and belief for the people around that it felt like it was a layup while we were creating it. But you have to know the weight of what you're doing and the weight of kind of your accomplishments so you can know. You know, when to pat yourself on the back and when you need to push yourself further. So it's really good. Let me pat you on the back because yeah. you did good. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think by, for me watching it, I think you for sure is definitely established as an entertainer writer now. Mm -hmm. I think you will definitely get more jobs in this business, even if you're not playing in it. Mm -hmm. I think because what you did, you're a very weird motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Weird. <laughs> weird. But I like that because, you know, Rachel, you always tell me you're a nerd. Mm -hmm. Very nerd. You're a nerd in a crib. You always say that don't even match or mix, <laughs> but okay. But from watching your show, you was you was very good at it. You like I don't just watch a show and look at oh is this funny or whatever. I like it the acting. Yeah. I like the girl who played your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Loved her. She was very good. I loved like literally everything that from the pieces how y'all was. Man, it was a lot of stuff. I watched that shit in one day. 
Mm-hmm. Literally, I watched every episode in one day from even who's the person. That, well, I want to talk. I don't want to give up nothing. They got it's mm-hmm. coming out just <laughs> soon. But uh, he, you did a wonderful job, yeah. man. Definitely You're talking about the the face paint, right? Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he, the cast amazing. that he has is amazing. It's a lot of new cast members that y'all probably seen maybe once or twice. And literally, the cast was unbelievable. I was kind of mad I wasn't in it. I ain't gonna even lie. I was mad I wasn't in that shit. And I said, I gotta sit next to his ass and do this goddamn conversation. And he didn't put me in the show. Yeah. But, uh, well, we gonna, I'm a, yeah. Like no, I we said, gonna, we, gonna about about we, gonna, we gonna we gonna talk about this. 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 But you did a wonderful job, man. I'm very proud of because you're 30 years old, black man, and you did stuff. You did, you did something I haven't even done yet. You know what I'm saying? So I commend you on that. And you did a great job, dude. So anything that you fucking with, from what I've seen, how you your production is, and is I'm messing with you. I, I appreciate so that. You got me. Mm-hmm. You I got appreciate me. That, that. That really mean a lot, especially when somebody me, established. Like that really mean a you lot. Got me, man. It's I'm, hard. You know how hard it is to even start, and then mm-hmm. it's like you can do this, you can't do that. You can do this, you can't do that. And it's like just trying to make sure we pushing, like just the way that we create certain stuff. Because a lot of the times we get a bad rap, and people are like, oh man, nobody trying nothing new, nobody trying nothing creative. Like, you don't understand how much more difficult it is to do these things if it hasn't been seen in this light before. So just being able to push, I think is real important for us. Mm-hmm. You're doing it, man. I'm, I, I I'm do want to ask of the three, you mentioned being a writer, actor, and mm-hmm. a producer on the series. What was the most challenging role that you had to play or the, the, the most challenging hat you had to wear throughout? Good question, P. Creating this series. I feel like they kind of all came in the same kind of bucket. Because when you think about the production element of it and the questions that people are going to have, right? Mm -hmm. The question is, do he know what he's doing? Mm -hmm. Does he know about this? Does he know about that? Then we get into certain meanings and it's like, okay, when we have, when we have a kind of pre-production means and I'm like, okay, I want to try to be able to live in wide shots, you know, similar to Swedish filmmaking, Roy Anderson, kind of more independent stuff, stuff where you kind of have almost, 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 almost play-esque type things. Mm -hmm. We can't do that on TV. So then it goes back to having to research how you can do it on TV. When it, when has it been done on TV? What country has it been done in? What's the aspect ratio? What kind of LUTs can we use? What's going to be our dialogue style? How are we going to utilize music? It gets to all those other things. So then you have to produce, but then you also have to think, all right, this has to feel natural for all the characters at hand. So I think the easiest part was writing it just based on being able to create an environment to where you didn't need the most money. Mm-hmm. You didn't need the most I guess, elaborate kind of setups. Like when you talk about the the bank episode, right? Oh my God, the, I, the um the, the super wide that we lived in when they were having a uh, they conversation, it was really important to understand the nuance of even the background. Right, right. Where people fall, when people speak, when people trip, when the door is open, when you see the pregnant woman reach over, when, when the cut point happens, all that's, all that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And then we talking about two cameras and no playback. Wow. So how do we do that? While wow. still being able to, you know, live within our means, for lack of better words. So I would say the most important and the easiest part was the writing of it, because that was something I was willing to sit down and do by myself. Like talking to the writers, they they were really encouraging. Like they'd be like, Maurice always say all the time, like, man, you can write a script in like 30, 40 minutes. Like it take it take two weeks. Like if you can write a script in 30 min- minutes and we and we talk about it and then you go fix it in an hour, then you should write the script and mm-hmm. then we'll go from there. So I just always do that. They was going to have my back. How did you write that bank scene, man? It was classic. Well, I just, I just, I just. Funny as hell. I just thought about, um aspects of 
two things that episode is really about like paranoia and growth right and it's a lot of plays on perception within the show it's like when you think about how we live you can go about your day and then go meet your friend that's never been anywhere near where you've been and be like yeah man i had a crazy day and you can tell them about it they'll never believe the stuff that we go through day to day and that's for anybody on any walk of life because we all differ right Mm -hmm. so then we get to the point of fame celebrity money happiness what do these things mean it's all based on the perception that we have as people then we get into the instance of what's real and what's not real and then we can leave it at that as far as the visual elements of the show but when you watch the we watch the show it's a bunch of stuff that is up for interpretation as if it's happening or not and that's just when you think like damn am i crazy like did he just mean mug me like am i tripping did that car just come back around the corner Mm -hmm. man i feel like i paid this bill the stuff that's simple that has bigger ramifications if we know how to blow the world out right so within that bank scene you have vulnerability of someone trying to go in and have an important step in their life having a door closed in their in, in, in their face and then finding some sort of comfort now when you think about how we are as people the places that we find comfort aren't always the best and that's an example of that i just had this door shut in my face they just basically told me i'm not shit but i see something that makes me feel comfortable no matter what these circumstances are around what makes me feel comfortable i have to embrace that so it was important to kind of show them having that conversation in that situation because that's life we always try to find a silver lining in our situation. So you in the middle of a I situation like that. I wish they seen what I'm talking about, what he's saying. It's dope. Nah, it come, it come, off, it come off February 15th, yeah, man. It's, it's a quick end. watch. It'll, it'll yeah. be cool, man. It's like two hours. Like, yeah. Is it five or six? It's five. It's five. Okay, because yeah. I seen on IMDb it had six. Yeah, we got, like I said, we're going to talk. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. man. This, this, that's the next question. And I know Jackie started his career like working backdrop. I think it's safe background. to say like if you need any background guys, I think me and P would be more than happy to just slide in there. He too tall. That's well, not we, going we, to we, gonna see we gotta make a frame for him to be able to be in the frame. Oh, uh, that's good. I'm in. Um, <laughs> we got you down. So, so Vince, well, earlier in the show before you hopped on, we were talking to P kind of just about the travel, being on the road and kind of having a team bonding moment, but you did an interview not too long ago and you referred uh, to touring as kind of a disgusting place. Can you kind of discuss the positives and the negatives of being on tour? Well, it's all about the levels uh, tour you at, right? When you starting out, you got the 500 CV venues, like things of that nature. And it's probably your people, you in a sprinter van. It's easy, like it's fun. And then you hit that next level and that's when it get, become a wobbler. You got like, it's a place called Toads, in um Connecticut, love the venue, great shows always there. They got a hot tub with the dirtiest water you ever seen sitting at all times in the back and it be snowing, it be cold, and you be in there trying to wash your face, you know what I mean, get your stuff together. Cause it's before hotels, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. where you really work with that much money. And then in your mind, you just like, what was in there? Who was in there? What's going on? It's like the hygiene of the backstage. You got to think a lot of these, these is rock venues, bro. Like hip hop, not that old. So you playing these older venues, these smaller venues. This is where, you know, they had ACDC at. And you know, the lifestyle that come with that kind of music is a little grimy, man. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. playing at those, at that, at that stage, it's fun, but it's like, it's not the, it's not the most comfortable. Now, when you get the comfort, then that's when you got tour buses, bigger venues, 5,000 seaters, 2,500s. Um, if, uh, when I'm lucky to go on tour with some of my people, you get able to do stadiums, arenas, things of that nature. It's a show after a show after a show after a show. Get off stage, get your stuff together, go to the hotel, repack, and then you got to leave. And you don't think about the wear and tear on your body because you're literally jumping and screaming and going to sleep super late, not really getting the best mm-hmm. nutrition, nine-hour drives every single day mm-hmm. and I, at a point in time i was averaging probably like 70 or 80 shows 
a year. Hey. So if you just equate travel, yeah. a day a day flying in, a day flying out, that's that's seventy five percent of the year. So mm-hmm. Ooh, shit, it hits you. But wanna, you get to meet a lot of people. That's the that's a good part too. Yeah, I want to know at what point because in basketball, you know, you get to about fifty sixty games where mm-hmm. you essentially hit that wall, right? Where mm-hmm. you just like strung out, you stress, tired, you just mentally out of it. What is like? Where is that roadblock in, in when you're on tour? Like, um, three shows back to back. You can do two back to back. You do three back to back. That's kind of for me when it gets a little bit hectic, mm-hmm. especially just from a just from a like it's physically draining. All them people in there screaming, mm-hmm. um, vitamins, taking care of your body, feeling sluggish. Don't get a cold. Um, during COVID, the restrictions were like really, really wow. crazy in a good way, but mm-hmm. re- they were they were crazy. So. You know, a common cold felt like you had the flu just because we wasn't digesting as many germs right, as we usually right, do. Right, right. So I think by two to three shows in a row, like day after day, or maybe you get one day in between, that's when it get a little bit rough, no matter where it's at in the tour, because it's really no sleep. If you playing late, if you open and you playing at nine o'clock, so then you just have the venue or you might get a couple hours rest. You got to get back on the road. Mm-hmm. You got to go from going cross country, doing them overdrives, which basically means I think that it's like a five or six hour um Max, max that you can get the driver can do without having to be paid more money. So overdrive, you go New Mexico to Dallas or something like that. It's like sometimes it gets to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a lot. That sounds. I that see sounds why you stressful. don't be wanting to rap no more. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I can deal with this writing shit. Right. Do it. <laughs> oh, and the cost. The cost is crazy. As I mean, when I did, I did tour. I was like, oh man, I'm finna be rich. <laughs> Start paying for stuff, man. <laughs> Seeing how much that screen costs, them, that that gas, yeah, them tour buses, ten hotel rooms every day. It's so then it becomes like, is this shit really worth it? Yeah, because you got to pay for everything in music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you if if you if you don't have like a kind of a deal that kind of they kind of you know give and take type situation, you got to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. So wow. don't let nothing. So break. it's not necessarily the label. It's uh-uh. it's coming out of your pocket. Yeah, you got to pay for everything. So what the label paying for? Nothing, but if they don't, if the, you can get tour support, but then it's you got to pay back, and also that's the project part of three sixty deals. As people speak about it, you know, it has negatives and positives, but they get a piece of all your income. So that's touring, that's merchandising, and that's your music as well. Say a deal like mine's, the label only gets, excuse me, the label only gets music. So mm-hmm. when it comes time to tour and make some merch, oh, yeah. you can ask, but you're on your own, right? For right. the most part, they so like, we don't help you, but we got you got to pay us back. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's cutthroat. Whew. That's real cutthroat. I can see. I do want to pivot a little bit uh, with All Star Weekend around the corner. We do want to discuss about your hoop game. I'm trash. You trash on the court. I'm trash. But I, I used to be cold. Seventh through eighth grade. Seventh and eighth grade Optimal Christian Academy, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you, man. Iverson just got traded. I felt like it was wide open for me. Yeah. But yeah, it ain't pan out. So who uh, who would you say is your NBA comparison? Like if you had to pick somebody that you played like. Hilarious. That's a good question. <laughs> I just say like a rush is thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> what you say? Rush, rush. Just, just, just thirsty. You feel me? Yeah, you out there playing hard. And you know, and you know, the homies don't be lifting no weight, so they ain't, they ain't really right, doing. Right, they, right. I'm, I'm not really worried about them like that. Grab that rebound. But right. when I was a kid, I used to, I used to really want to be like Chauncey Billups. I thought Chauncey Billups was cold, mm. and I thought Sam Cassell was cold. So a little dirty, you yeah, feel me? Right, <laughs> a little right. back down in the quarter. But I was about to bounce pass when I was a kid. But you can't be bounce passing. Man, look at you like you crazy. Like, right. you get that you bullshit out of here. So you had big guard energy. 
Yeah, but I'm not big at all. Yeah. So it ain't translate. I had no, I'm telling you, Baron Davis, Charles, you you gotta look at where yeah, I'm you looking. You compared to Russ, like that's big yeah. guard uh, energy right there. Oh yeah, because I can't shoot like that. Yeah, elbow, I'm cool. Everything else is a wobbler. <laughs> it's a wobbler. I got better during white men uh, can't jump. It's like working out. Just a little being bit. on set and shooting lost stuff it. like that. <laughs> try, try it again. Lost it. I don't know how y'all keep. We, we got to get you with like lethal shooter or something like that. Nah, I'm cool, <laughs> man. You cool on that? That's thirsty, man. I want, the, I want somebody old at the gym, like you know, tucked in shirt with the shorts that got the hook shot. That's love what that. I'm trying yeah. to. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Dynamics. Hey, you know your game. I, I can say you know your you know your game. With the, <laughs> with, the all, with the All Star Weekend, like he said, coming up, and they just announced the, the celebrities. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about playing? in a celebrity game and what rapper musician do you think is like awesome as hell all right so boom back when i had a little hop on me i was like if they put me one of these i'm gonna catch a oop the way my back set up now <laughs> I, ain't catching, I ain't catching nothing <laughs> but i but i used to get up there so i, I yeah. done made money off of it and all that because i'm like what five seven like, you can't dunk well, yeah. get hunted right now but i ain't got that no more so i don't so know you used but, to be able to dunk Oh yeah, I was up there. Okay. I'm telling you, I got, I got the athleticism. I don't got nothing else. You okay. feel me? I ain't got nothing else. <laughs> I know Gilly can hoop. I know uh, I don't quite well nice. wanted, I'm surprised yeah. they didn't put him in the in All Star Weekend. This Chris Brown need to yeah, play Chris. in one. Breezy, he, he ain't played yet. He been in I'm one. Sure he's, been in one. he's been in one. I think. They got Chris Brown don't count. Man. He just can't be throwing Chris Brown and stuff. Like he's not a regular human, bro. He got he like backflips and all kinds of everything. I've never man. seen someone that's just had talent in every everything. bucket. Like, like just dancing and singing along is just dancing talent. and singing along. Then he can act. Then he can hoop. Like then anybody he can, can rap. Then he can dance. Singing? Then like yeah, he don't. Nah, he don't get to do stuff with regular people. Like, he got to play with y'all. Yeah, he got all the stuff. He got to play with I, y'all. I think if Chris played in a celebrity game, he would for sure get MVP, and I think he'll give about for sure about good twenty something. Now he gonna yeah. drop fifty just to say he did. He can drop just 50, to say he did. Do the anthem. Do the halftime show. Yeah. Do the uh, everything. <laughs> everything. Boy, draw the jersey. Draw yeah. the jerseys. What, what was that? Uh, Shaq, Shaq West said he he had scored thirty something on Ish Smith if he played in it. Why did he be playing with Ish Smith like that? They yeah. think he's sorry or something. I don't Gilly, know. Gilly also, didn't he say he, he came could at be... Jamal Crawford? Not a chance. Not, Not a, a chance. chance. Jamal no Crawford will kill him. Gilly can hoop. Over. I will. I, I, Gilly can't hoop. They got to get but, us in. To be man. at his age, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get that game, bounce pass. Just be open. Yeah, That's it. Like, be, be open. No as long as your back don't go out on us. Hey, I'm at the where the little the little whoopty wop. Hypervolt on. What's that shit called? That's a real LA person, y'all. The whoopty wop. Y'all don't know about that. That means everything. Everybody, the whoopty wop. Put that shit on. He got to put that shit on. So Vince, last episode, P was asking the 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 community, everyone that watches the show, on what his new three point shot celebration should be. And you a Clipper fan? And so, just kind of curious, if you had an in game celebration, like. What what would your celebration be after you knock down a th- three ball? All right, who's reffing? Who's reffing? <laughs> you feel me? Because you 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 gotta you gotta hit the three and then just put your arm around the defender and just tap him on the shoulder. You know what I mean? It's gonna be okay. That's that's okay. ESPN worthy. Ooh. And then you get and then you get a last dance document. You feel me? When he turn around, when he turn around, if he turn around and walk away, then you put your arm around the shoulder. If he watched the shot, then you put your arm on the shoulder and point at the ball. Either way, it's like you see what I what just happened, right? Yeah, I, I'm Did you already think of this? Nah, you already had this off the top. Like, hey. This was off the top fast. Yeah, it's like you, that, like, yeah, like you see hey, that. You like you see that. Like that's a lot of coordination. Light, yeah, light on, not by boom. Like you see that. Like, I mean, that's all it is. Like, <laughs> how do you play it off if you miss? 
That's a good question. You can't miss. You can't miss. You can't miss. You can't, you can't miss. That's the ultimate miss. green bean yeah, right there. That fast. Well, that's why when that's you close out on a shooter and that's you're like looking one. at the guy, yeah. you know, it looks like it went in. Right, right. Like, right. Some kid sent in something where he was like, he did the and put it up to give him, but I kind of like that. That's kind of like James. But like you said, the ref going to be like, why are you touching? But I'm just saying it's compassionate. You know what I mean? We need more compassion in hoops, bro. We need more compassion in sports. You're like, man, I'm sorry you trash. <laughs> but I'm on you. Or maybe you thought he was gonna fall, so you just grabbed him. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a good clown. Actually, I seen um, who's the? I think Hezzy God. I he think did, I seen he, Hezzy he, God. He did, do, I think I he did something like that, too. right? What did he do? It he shot, and then the dude ran past him. He grabbed him and like. <laughs> I think he did. He put his arm around him for sure, but I'm not sure if he pointed at the ramp. I'm telling you, but I, I love you. Bring your love and compassion. Like, RF, tell you, that's my friend. Like, yeah, what yeah. you mean? We love a, we love a game. Yeah. I like that in the show. I'm look, right there. Look, man, I'm letting you know. It depends who the player is because, you know, there's been some players that, you know, you don't know what they're going to do. I want to, Patrick yeah, Beverly might, you know should be about. the one who would do something like that. <laughs> who? Patrick Beverly. Because he don't care. He don't care. He don't care. I seen that. They showed something to him the other day when it's so crazy that they're on teams now. Him and uh, uh, Damian Lillard. Damn, oh yeah, he just he, got trained. When he got into it with Damian, he was like, this don't work. Like, you know how they say it's, uh, yeah, the Dame time. Yeah, Dame like, time. This don't work. Rip it off and put it in the, in the side pocket. I Man. say he crazy. We need a Patrick Beverly biopic. And whenever he say he gonna retire his last game, he gotta go for 50. He got to. Like, he, he can't to. pass. Who gonna play him? He need fifty and four fouls, bro. Who gonna play him? <laughs> Patrick Beverly. Yeah, who gonna play they him? They not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> when they get out, man, I'm going for fifty. One. Is funny. He gotta can, go for fifty. I can 50. see him doing that on a lat, like when he going out because he's so aggressive. He can get it. He just only probably he will have. Pat well, not, not going for it's no 50, rebounds because he's so short. But if they give him the rock and he hot, he Pat gonna go. Not going for no fifty, man. He won't. I was just saying that to pump him up. <laughs> so if he do, if he watching this I show, he can PB. try it. PB ain't going for no 50. What's the most he had? Uh, I don't know. He just needs a couple Gatorades, you know what I mean? He'd be good, yeah. man. <laughs> but I think, because Patrick Beverly get a bad rap, man. I feel bad for my guy, you he know does. what I mean? He, he, he do. And, and PB is one of the, like, he's the legitimate person that, like, you hate playing against, love playing with. Like, it, it, it's, it's fun as hell when he in your locker room. But then with the antics and, and when you're mm -hmm. playing against him and – it just it be get it, it gets it, it becomes a lot sometimes. Um, but understanding them now, like I, hmm. I I like that competitive part about him now. Like mm -hmm. I love when we play him and we competing because I know what you know what, what he games doing. he trying to play. Yeah. Like oh, I ain't gonna even go go there with you today. He been doing good this year though. Not he been doing much, great. He, been doing awesome. he gonna do he gonna do good in Milwaukee. And I will say this: like wherever he's at, like his stats don't stick out, but the team he good. elevates the team. Yeah, he's a good team leader. Great, he's a great, he's say. a great. I give him great team leader. Great, like I he, would say that too. He, like I said, it's not more so the stats that's gonna stick out, but I heard him say he want to uh, fix his differences with Damian Lillard too. Yeah, yeah, he said that. They got a little beat. I mean, they got to. They got to. You got to fix that because Damian running. Well, we know Greek doing his thing, but Damian run that team too. So Vince, I want to put you inside the shoes of Adam Silver, and I just want you to imagine that if if you had that role, and you just kind of talked about how the league needs more compassion and things of that nature, but you're an NBA fan, you watch the game. If you were the commissioner of the NBA and could implement any league changes starting immediately, what would you like to see changed in the NBA? I mean, we talking like, for one, this conference thing is just boof. I'm getting rid of that. 
I'm getting rid of the G League. G League's no out. G League. I'm getting rid of the G League. What was the first thing you said? The you conferences. Said like, why do we got conferences? Like, come on, bro. Like, it's, it's just silly. Like, open it up. Nobody care about the Pacific Championship. Like, you got dudes playing. It's just, it gets boring after a while. It has televised games and all of that. It's way too many games because ain't nobody watching them. Okay. I get it. I get the thirst. Like, we all like money and stuff. Like, I really get the, I get thirst. the thirst. Yeah. But it's like, nah, bro. Get rid of the conferences. Milwaukee is not in the Western. I mean, the Minnesota's not in the Western of anything. Like, <laughs> New Orleans fact. being in the Western of anything is like crazy. Like, get a map. That's the first thing I'm doing is get getting a map. map. Like, I'm okay, going to put a map on the wall down and all those. We're going to divide it down the middle. <laughs> and get these teams out of these, like, places don't nobody want to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, where? The place nobody want to go. <laughs> like Oklahoma. Yeah, get Oklahoma out of there. And I like that team, but put them in Vegas. You know, we need some alcoholism on that team. <laughs> we need some Indiana. Alcoholism. I'm not mad at Indiana because it's a legacy team. It's like Granny House. Like you don't sell, yeah. you don't sell yeah, Granny House. You, you just don't know that much when she get older. I love that. Team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like Granny House. You I don't go there much, love but that. you go. What do you think about that end season? <sighs> Stop it. <laughs> don't stop it thirsty what about the bro you like the plan thirsty no let nah. them go home yeah yeah if you, I, I, if you don't make top eight you gotta go bro let them go home i'm with you on that one like I come on bro it. if you if you nine you want to go home like you yeah. want to go home relax you basically back. telling the league we packed it in like yeah like come on bro like let them go home don't make them play somebody gonna twist the ankle they're right. gonna mess up their golf game next right. sunday they already got it planned out <laughs> they know they're not making it like what are we doing bro right right right, right. thirsty ugly jerseys like thirsty I, I seen that heat culture shit the other day yeah, I like was it. mad for like a week, bro. <laughs> I was really mad for like a week because I, I just didn't understand why we was doing that to Jimmy Butler. He don't deserve yeah. it. That was sad. I like Vince as a commissioner. Yeah, yeah. I like you as a commissioner. You definitely got to be. They, if they could do a celebrity for a commissioner for one day, I'm for picking you. For one day, him, for sure. I'm picking you. You and Start your own league. Shit. And I will start an active beef with Brian. <laughs> start an active beef? You got to start an active beef with Brian because he be doing a lot. <laughs> and then Adam Sandler got to come and be like, hey, bro, stop that shit, LeBron. If he just said that in the yeah. interview, like he just held a press conference and say, LeBron, oh, stop that shit. Are we coming for you? <laughs> you know how much jersey sales going to go up? Everybody yeah. going to watch the games. Like, I'm, LeBron, I'm going to address that shit you did at the draft. Now yeah. we all watching the second day of the draft. Like, add some wrestling to it. That shit is too political. Uh, anymore, I like bro. that. Mm. So we need a little bit more drama in yeah, our shit. Yeah, man, sit down with Bron and say, Bron, I need a favor, bro. I just need you to, like, I need you to throw a chair, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but throw that chair across the court after y'all lose, bro, and then just take the jersey off. And then Adam Silver going to be like ESPN breaking news. He's going to be on there with Stephen A. Smith early in the morning, like, Hey, Brian, like, you do that shit again, bro. <laughs> it's me and you. And hey, what like if we did this. have that in the game, though? Like, it, though, you, 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 you talk about the wrestling element. Like, what if you, like, second quarter starts, right? Then you hear, doom, <laughs> lights cut off. See a motherfucker come out the tunnel. Oh, yeah, no. He's been a fight. Russ is in a suite. The lights go to Russ, doom. and Russ is just up there. You got to think about how big the Bulls was, right? What if, all right, what if in the middle, in the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? They say, oh, man, Dennis Rodman is in the hospital. He has alcohol poisoning from a night in Vegas. You're like, oh, man, Dennis not here. It's going to be quiet. Then You don't even affect the game. Yeah. We ain't got to cheat or nothing. And out, out of nowhere, that happened. Right. You see Dennis Rodman run out the tunnel with the gown on, <laughs> Oh, bro. my God. With the gown he put on. The jersey, he put the jersey on, 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 on the baseline. Yeah, put the jersey and the shorts on the baseline, bro. He get 15 IV, boards. ripping the IVs and shit out. <laughs> and he said he get 15 bro, boards. <laughs> then, then, the then, NBA would be yeah, sick. That's the gown game. Nah, he, the gown game. I love that. 
or Mitchell and Ness gowns for sale, two hundred fifty dollars. Right. Like, come on, man, dude, it's good. Call me y'all. I got ideas. Yeah. No, that is good. You find <laughs> out Jordan ain't playing that NBA, night. You got ideas, y'all. Yeah, I got ideas. Call me, man. Y'all doing real bad right now. So <laughs> holla at me. So what happens? Like, all right, you playing the Bulls, right? And, and, and find out Jordan's not playing. He's not even in the building. And then like. Uh, some some way into the game, like they put it on the jumbotron. They following Jordan to the arena, mm, like OJ, like OJ, yeah. the live stream, live stream. Yeah, like mm. if you the other team, are you like fuck? He's on his way. He's on his way. Gonna start He's breaking. on his way. <laughs> like damn, thought we had this one. We might have. Yep, I like it. That's funny. I like what's that. This, what's the Bulls' uh, little music? I'm not gonna say it incorrectly. Yeah, I know. I ain't heard their music in so long. Can't remember it. I don't think that's nah, it, Chuck. That I don't it. think that is. That, that, that ain't, ain't it. it, Chuck. That ain't it. It's, that ain't nah, it, Chuck. Nah, but it was good nah, enough. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, so it's all like, good. We, we got it. We, got we it. don't care. We right, not with the Bulls. We <laughs> 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 with the Bulls. You know, we clipping. You idiot. Hey, well, Vince, brother, we appreciate you. We don't want to take up too much go. of your time. He got to go. Nah. We don't want to take up too much of his time. He our first rapping guest and the actor guest and producer guest. Can you stay about two more minutes? <laughs> trying to go to <laughs> no man let me get home yeah, man. Yeah. we just bad city mouth baby. hey we want to thank you my guy you are the first to blaze the seat from the I rapper POV shout out him coming through podcast P fam we appreciate y'all stay tuned for the next episode we'll be back Monday mm. and make sure y'all watch the Vince Staple show February 15th yes, on sir. Netflix yes sir thank you come thank on you. baby I got you <laughs> <laughs>